Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you for tuning in once again. And thank you for believing in me and for all the support. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be where we're at today. So I can't thank you guys enough. I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsors. You guys are amazing. Thank you for also for believing in me. And because of you, you've helped me push this uh, podcast worldwide, which is really amazing to me. I just pinch myself. And it's also because of the amazing guests that I have come on. And today's going to be no different. We have Natalie Lewis, uh, Natty, right? Yes, absolutely. Natty is joining us today. Thank you for being here. It's a pleasure. Yeah, seriously. Um, you, you came recommended by a mutual friend of ours, Amy, who's an amazing person in her own right. And, you know, if she says she believes in someone and loves what they do, I listen. Because Amy's no joke, right? She knows what's up. She definitely knows what's up. She has yeah. taught me a great deal in my life. Yeah. Well, so, Natalyn, um, I found out, you know, you, you're currently at Level Up uh, EQ. Is that, did I say that right? That's correct. Where you you train coaches, athletes, people, you know, groups uh, about emotional intelligence. And I think a lot of times when we say that, emotional, people might be going, well, what is that? What does that mean? We're going to get into that. Yeah, right? absolutely. Um, you're married, you have a beautiful family, beautiful kids. Um, you're, you're driven, you're passionate about what you do. Uh, you, you, you've played sports, you've coached sports. And I mean, the list goes on. But I want, I want my listeners to hear it from you. And so we're going to just go through everything you've done. And uh, I can't wait for our listeners to hear it. Okay, I'm ready. Let's dive yeah. in. So why don't we start? I like to just start like for people to get to know some background on you. Tell us where you grew up and maybe a little bit about your childhood. I grew up in Idaho Falls, Idaho, a okay. family of six, and I'm the youngest, okay. right? So that tells a lot about me right there. <laughs> right. <laughs> I had five siblings, right? One boy, all girls, and oh. one bathroom, which also speaks volumes as to how I grew up. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I grew up as an athlete, <laughs> loved sports. If it had a ball and and movement yeah. and activity, I was all over it. Right. I, I played everything from volleyball, track and field, to softball, soccer, basketball, I just loved to wow. compete, and awesome. that was my my passion. It kept me busy and out of trouble. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. So, um, did your other siblings play sports too, or? Yeah, I had uh, my brother played soccer, okay. and uh, since I was born, and and uh, he was the second oldest, and now we get down to number six, and it's another girl. Hmm. This is when my brother <laughs> says to my parents, "Do not bring it home." Right. Like I can't right. take another one of these, but uh, they they actually let him help name me. They let him be the only one that got to come to the hospital. And so he kind of adopted me as his little buddy. Okay. And uh, because of that, I think is what really drove me into sports. He played gotcha. soccer. So I played soccer and okay. and uh, just love him and grateful for the influence in his in my life. Yeah, I love that. So what were some other things like, I mean, as a child, how did you kind of carry yourself? I mean, I mean, what I see now is this confident, passionate woman. Were you always like that even younger, too? or? Oh, heavens no. When I was in the seventh grade, which we all know is a socially defining time of life, <laughs> I was vertically challenged. I was horizontally blessed. I had acne. <laughs> I had braces. I had glasses. I had bad hair. You know, I was socially awkward because I was this tomboy who grew up with my right. brother. And now I'm in the seventh grade, and you're supposed to you know, have relationships and, and, and I'm all of a sudden starting to like boys, but I have no idea what that looks like yeah. to actually like a boy and not be competing against a boy. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I'm just as awkward as they come. You know, I had the self-esteem, the size of a pea and I was grew up with this one bathroom and five sisters, no time to get oh, ready in the oh morning. My gosh, yeah. And I preferred it that way. Cause I didn't want to look at this in the mirror. Right. Okay. So I, I, I had okay. that kind of mentality yeah. and, and what happened to me is I had little experiences along the way mm -hmm. that started to help me understand that it wasn't about my circumstances and it wasn't about what I looked like and mm -hmm. whether I could grow taller, or whether I could get thinner or whether the acne would ever go away or my bad hair would ever grow out. 
it was about what I thought of myself and how yeah. I saw myself. Yeah. And I had an experience in the seventh grade where I went into the bathroom where my older sister had been getting ready. And she had left the the music on okay. far too loud, which was a typical instance. Sure, yeah. And I walk in there to do my bad hair with my, my glasses and my, <laughs> my and I can barely see the mirror because I'm really short, right? Like just <laughs> the whole situation is a problem. And uh, there's this song playing on the radio. And it was, I'm too sexy for my love, <laughs> right? We've heard the song before, oh, yeah, yeah. but I'm doing my bad hair with my bad braces, my bad glasses, and my just, <laughs> I don't, it, something happened, you know? I went to school and it was just like, everything was a little brighter. Mm. Everything was a little better. Yeah. I had people making comments like, what's up with you today? Really? And I just had this realization that the only thing different about me that day was not my acne or my braces <laughs> or my glasses or my height. Yeah. Or my width. The only thing different is I was too sexy. <laughs> right. That day, yeah. I was too sexy. And I started to have this realization <laughs> that what I thought of myself yeah. could actually impact how I felt about myself. It couldn't necessarily change these things. Right. Yeah, right. I couldn't force myself to grow. Yeah. But I could be happy. Mm. I could be happy because of how I saw myself. Really? And... I just grew up having little moments yeah. that started to establish these belief systems. Little yeah. little moments that started to recognize that our circumstances don't define us. Wow, love that. And is it fair to say not only was it starting to cultivate some powerful belief systems, you were also maybe getting rid of some ones that were holding you back? Oh, absolutely, right? absolutely. And I, I think of so many times when we're growing up and and we just are going through life's circumstances and we hold ourselves back because yeah. of different things that we've gone through. Right. And I was fortunate. I grew up in a household with two parents and I recognize that that's kind of an anomaly now. And yeah, right. I feel extremely yeah. blessed for that. But I grew up with a father who didn't say very much, but he was also an athlete and a competitor. Okay. So I grew up in one of those households where if my mom was yelling things at games, it was mortifyingly embarrassing <laughs> right. because she didn't know what she was talking about. But bless her heart, she showed yeah. up to everything yeah. and she yelled real loud. Right. That's, right? Yeah. Kick it hard, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then I grew up with a father who didn't say much, but I knew he knew mm. what it felt like to be yeah. in my shoes. Okay. And what he didn't say spoke volumes. Really? Okay. And uh, I had one particular experience in high school where I was playing in the state championship soccer game. And I was, at that time, I, I was committed to go play college soccer, and all eyes were on me. And yeah. there was a big fat target on my back yeah. because we're in the state championship game. For sure. I got yeah. a job to do. I got to score goals. Mm -hmm. And the, the game started, and we're about 30 seconds into this game. Ball goes flying down the field. I go flying down the field after it, and this defender comes from behind, slide tackles me, down I go. And she jumps over the top of me, and lands her cleat on my knuckle. Oh. And you could actually hear the oh. sound as oh, my man. knuckle is being destroyed, oh, broken man. into yeah. pieces. Oh. And I'm on the ground holding on to my fingers yeah. like, have mercy, my eyes are watering. <laughs> right. I'm in significant pain. She's only about five yards away from me, but she gets to the ball and she goes to kick it. She does not clear it as expected and it nails me in the face oh, my gosh. and breaks my nose. So we are 30 seconds, one minute into the state championship game, wow. senior year, all pressure on me. Yeah. And I now have a broken finger, a broken nose. And I come off the sideline like I'm feeling so sorry for myself. Yeah, sure. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, understandable. life has yeah. just dealt me a bad hand. Mm -hmm. And I look over and my dad is walking across the field with his hands in his pockets. Not like a concerning father, but like yeah. a what are we going to do about this kind of <laughs> yeah, look, right? right. And he comes <laughs> over and he literally says, let me see your hand puts some tape on there. He said, let me see your nose. And he puts one finger on one side of my nose and one finger on the other. He said, this is going to hurt a little bit. Oh, no, don't tell me. pops that thing he into did? place and threw tape on it. Oh. Then he stands back as if to survey his work, <laughs> right? And says, well, that'll do. <laughs> and I was like, that'll do are, are what? You are you kidding me? It's like child abuse to send me out on that field. <laughs> and he said, look, it's your senior year. It's yeah. the last game of the season. Yeah. You got teammates relying on you. What are you going to do about it? Well, at this point, I'm just ticked off that he even thinks I should go back sure. out there and play. So I go out there, I run around. But I can. you can actually, when you break something, you can feel 
the pulse. Oh yeah. And I could actually count my heartbeat in my nose going poo 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 my fingers going poo poo and I'm just dying on this field. Oh my and the same girl who bo- broke my knuckle and broke my nose hits me and I fall over and I just start to cry. Mm. Coach subs me out, I'm sitting on the sideline and here comes my dad. Hands in his pockets, not yeah. saying anything. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, I went out there. He didn't have anything to say yeah, to me. Yeah, what's he going to say now? Yeah. And he comes over, and I just I just let him have it, you know. Dad, I went out there. I did my best. And he said, you did what? He said, I said, I can't believe you expect me to go out there and play. And he said, I can't believe you don't expect it of yourself. That was the entirety oh, of the conversation. Really? And I just sat there thinking... Right. For the love, right? Now I go out there, but now I'm just like focused. And I get out there, get the ball, screaming down the field, shoot, score, turn around as if to look at my dad and be like, there you go. And he yeah. looked right at me and said, exactly. Whoa. And again, those Jeez. little moments, right? Man, those that's... little moments where you start to realize mm. you, we are all going to have life situations that are going to kick our trash. Jeez. They're going to break us up. They're going to bust us in the nose and break our knuckle. And we're going to be feeling the pain in every facet of life. But there is a little piece inside of us Mm -hmm. that screams to us, you can do this. Your circumstances don't define you. You can move past these moments of pain. And you can do this. Focus on something else. And what I learned from that was when we are focused on our pain, that is all we will feel. Exactly, yeah. When we're focused on our circumstances, that's all we'll see. Yeah. But when we change our focus, when we really latch on to who we are and what we're capable of, wow, we are powerful beings, and we just don't always give ourselves credit for that. Right. Wow, what an incredible story. Thanks for sharing that, man. I'm getting emotional. (laughs) Hey, man, because I think we can all relate where those Mm -hmm. those moments where I can't do this. Mm -hmm. And then you have this angel in the moment going, I don't. I can't believe you don't expect it of yourself. Yeah, he said the exact thing you needed to hear. Yeah, and right? I needed to hear it because he could have easily said, "Yeah, this has been rough. Mm-hmm. Just sit out. You're good." Oh yeah, he could We're have. Re- he could have totally rescued me, and but, it, but he didn't. But he didn't. Ah, oh, that is so powerful. Well, you know, again, like I mentioned in the beginning, you're very pa- uh, passionate about belief systems. And when I hear that, man, we're we're friends automatically. You're one of my best friends now because I am passionate about belief systems as well because I've been there too where I've had to go through some really difficult things. Um, so I, that's maybe why I got emotional with what you were saying. Um, so, I mean, obviously you go through high school, you have that experience. You went on to play some college ball. I did. Right? Yeah. Um, at that point you get to college, are you thinking, are these belief systems – are now kind of starting to be more cemented in, like, you know what, I do believe in myself. I mean, obviously, no one's perfect, and we still have doubts and things like that, but where were you at uh, on that level when it came to college? Well, I am extremely grateful for for playing in college. I played college soccer, and my freshman year is probably what set me on the trajectory for the rest of my life, and it was the emotional roller coaster of hell. And much (laughs) like everything in life, The really great parts come on the other side of the really tough parts. And so I come in my freshman year, and anybody who's been an athlete would understand this, but you come in and you're recruited to play because you're at the top of your level and the team you're on. But then you show up and it's like everybody was at the top of the level on the team you're on. I didn't know what it felt like to sit the bench. I didn't know what it felt like to not be the best player on the team. I'd never experienced that. Yeah, true. So you show up and now, you know, maybe you're getting some playing time. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're sitting the bench. Maybe you're not. I started out and I played my first four games, started, scored goals. I'm thinking, this is, I mind welcome to the next level. Here we go. Let's get it going. <laughs> and then game five, I sat on the bench, didn't play a single minute. Mm. And it rocked my world. Yeah. Rocked my confidence, rocked my belief in myself. Rocked, what am I doing here? I, I'm far from home. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I don't know what I'm doing. And and when you define yourself so clearly by something you do and not by who you are, you set yourself up to get rocked pretty hard by life. Yeah. We are not what we do. We yeah. are not what we have done. We are not what we will do. We mm. are not what we do on a daily basis. We are who we are. And yeah. we bring that person to the party. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. 
my oh, freshman okay. year. And right. I defined myself by my capacity to play a game. Mm. And when I wasn't playing that game and when I wasn't starting, it really rocked my belief in who I was. Yeah. And I realized that the rocking that belief in who I was also rocked the foundations of my belief system. And going through that process and really figuring out who I was and what I believed in and the fact that I could do this no matter what yeah. started to change everything. I started, we were halfway through the season and I will never forget this game. It was a, a life changing moment for me. But we're sitting on the bench and I'm, I'm going through and in my mind, I'm just, I'm just miserable. Yeah. I'm playing the game that I love at a place that I love with my education paid for. Yeah. Where my job is to show up and play a game. Right. Right? Like, I mean, things could be worse. Right. Oh, and yeah. I'm sitting there miserable, literally like having this out-of-body experience, looking at this pathetic soul sitting on the bench thinking, what is wrong with you? Could you just for a second look at your life and think, what are the positives? And I just started Dang. counting all the things I was grateful for. Wow. And in that moment, I got subbed in. And mm. prior to that, in all the games I'd been subbed in, I played like terribly. <laughs> right. Because why? Where was my mindset? Because you were, yeah. Yeah, my mind is over like, here yeah. and I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not capable enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not fast enough. So how am I going to play the game? Right. Not good enough, not capable enough, not strong enough, not fast enough. But I was on this bench having this like personal moment of gratitude and I get subbed in. I wasn't even paying attention to yeah. the game, unfortunately. Yeah, like, oh, hey. But I get subbed in <laughs> and now I go out there and I'm playing from this place of gratitude and yeah. I played unbelievably well. Wow. Came off the bench and I thought, holy smokes, like that was fun. Yeah. And I didn't even care that I hadn't started. I just loved that I got to go on the field. Yeah. And the next game I decided I was going to do that on purpose. And I got mm. a little more playing time. And the next game I decided I was going to keep doing that on purpose. And I got a little more playing time. And by the end of the season, we're getting close to the conference tournament. And I'm playing more than 50% of the game, but I'm not starting. Yeah. So I go into my coach. I said, what's the deal here? Like, I'm I'm playing, I'm contributing, but I'm not starting. Cause I want to start. And she said, we can't afford to have you start. And I said, what does that You're mean? Like, she goes, I've never seen anything like what you bring to the field. You are a spark plug. Because we can start a game with anybody. Right. But the second you step on the field 15 minutes in, we take our game to a new level and they can't really? hang with us. And she said, we Dang. need you as a spark plug. And I realized that I had taken on myself this identity, an identity of a sub. Uh, right. But really, the second I took on the identity of a spark plug, <laughs> I love that. Things got real, right? And how many times do we do that to ourselves in our daily life? We we take on an identity yeah. and we we act like that identity, good, bad, or ugly. Right. But what if we just shifted it ever so slightly? Yeah. What would that do? Right. I had an opportunity to to coach a woman this week. It, she's a mother and she okay. also owns a business. Okay. Really struggling with the balance and the battle. And she said it was just taking her forever. Every time she made an Instagram post just to put out there for her business, like two and a half hours of work. Yeah. And she's like, I'm just miserable doing this. Yeah. And we talked about it. I said, well, what parts do you love? And she loved being a creator. She loved being creative. She loved bringing solutions to real women with real yeah. problems. Yeah. I said, well, why isn't that your identity? You're over here so busily calling yourself a businesswoman. Right. You don't even like businesswoman. Right, yeah. Why don't you call yourself a creator? And next thing you know, I mean, she's putting out content left and right. Her numbers are wow. soaring. Her sales are increasing. All because she took on a slightly different identity. And that is what college soccer taught me. It taught me that I am who I am. I'm not what I do. Yeah. And when I own it's that beautiful. identity and take it into all parts of my life, yeah. I started to be a, a spark plug in the classroom. <laughs> I started to be a, a spark plug at social functions, yeah. right? I started to be a spark plug in my relationships. Yeah. And man, it was really interesting because as soon as I started to own that and really live it, fascinating yeah. how many times people would say, you know, it's like there's like a spark in the room when you walk in. Like, you know, there's an energy. And I started to realize we get to create who we are. Yeah. And then wow. we get to just live that in every facet of our life. Yeah. Oh, how cool is that? That is cool. And that's where I really learned that was playing college soccer. And so I am extremely grateful for my freshman year. Yes. The roller coaster of emotional hell that yep. I rode, I'd ride it over and over and yep. over again for the lessons it taught me. Wow. Well, you're a spark plug. I'll tell you that. I'm feeling <laughs> it right now just talking. You are so well-spoken, but I can feel the passion behind your words. I mean, honestly, anyone listening to this right now, I go, yeah, she is a spark plug. You are. I love that. You get to you get to create that. Wow. 
I'm sorry, I'm just a little speechless right now. I'm just so blown away how simple yet how powerful that is. Yeah, it's the it's the tiniest shifts, and it's you'll see it every shift. day. Yeah, yeah, it's a little shift. You have people yeah. who are struggling right now to just be a mother. But why is that? It's not because moms are a bad thing. I'm a mom, and I love being a mom. But I'll yeah. tell you what, I yeah. I shifted who I was. I'm not just a mother. I'm a present and fun mother of boys. Mm. I changed my statement because anybody who has teenage boys knows if you have this picture of motherhood, that means your household is put together all the time right. and dinner tastes good every <laughs> night, right? And your yeah. laundry's always done. Yeah. Try living with three boys. Oh boy. I don't know yeah. what happens when they come home from school. They will consume anything that has a caloric impact. <laughs> they will use way more cups than anybody needs to use. Yeah. There will be a disaster and they have cycled through the kitchen for five minutes, right? And then for you're sure. trying to have a moment with your family and a wrestling match breaks out and you just, there's no way <laughs> to predict or control these things, right? right. And oh. I realized I was defining my success as a mother based on whether or not I was keeping my house clean or <laughs> managing these yeah. boys. Yeah. But I realized when I took on the role of being a present mother of boys, just that slight shift slight in identity shift, yeah. made it so that as long as I was there and I was with them and I was allowing them to be boys yeah, and allowing myself to be a mother of boys and yeah. all the beautiful chaos and that presents, that comes with it. Yeah. all of a sudden my fulfillment and my joy as a mother was so much greater because I let go of this identity of this perfect Damn. mom with these perfect houses yeah. and... Yeah. Maybe, maybe if you've got all girls, you could pull that off. But I can assure you, if you have boys, that is not happening. It is not your For reality, sure. right? Yeah. So I just, I just think it's such a powerful principle that we get to create who we are, and yeah. we are not defined by anything other than that. But slight shifts make yeah. big differences. Wow, beautiful. God, there's so much I want to ask you, but I know I want to get to this. You, you were a coach for 20 years? Yes, and because you you understood belief systems so well, you 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 credit that for the success that you had as a coach. Oh, in your absolutely. Teams fairly. So talk a little bit about that and what was what was kind of like. What were you trying to teach these kids? I know, I mean that's a big question because there's probably sure. different lessons for each kid that you touched uh, their lives with. But is there anything you could share with us in that? Absolutely. I I took on a team. So I came in as a high school coach and took on a team from a high school that had never won more than two games in an entire season. (laughs) And this is the team that I've been handed. And I I show up to their, I knew I was taking the position this season right before. So I showed up to their last game of the season and I watched them play. And I kind of knew some of these girls and I thought, you know, there's a reasonable amount of talent here. What They can't put this thing together. So we show up to tryouts, and the girls show up, and I'm thinking, we got a pretty decent team. So we put the, we put the team together. We go out there, and I'm thinking, we're going to be pretty good. Yeah. I know this sport pretty well. I've coached. Sure. Yeah, we're you gonna know be what pretty you're doing. Decent. Yeah, we're going to be decent. <laughs> we go out there, and we're at a 0-0 game all the way until about seven minutes left, and they scored on us. The score ended 8-1. to Hmm. And it was at that moment that I realized these guys are not not winning games because they're not physically capable or talented enough. Yeah. They're not winning because they believe they will lose. Mm-hmm. And they're not playing to win. They're playing not to lose. Yeah. And so the following day, I showed up to practice with a contract. <laughs> and the contract stated I love this. that we will win the game or we will run until somebody pukes. <laughs> and they get to sign it or not show up the next day. This is how they're going to this is how we're going to do this. This is how we're going to change this. And yeah. the only reason I did that is because I knew I couldn't walk up to those girls and say you can do it. Everybody's been telling them they can do it. I needed right. them to focus on something else. Yeah. Long enough to establish some belief in themselves. So we show up to the next game and they are determined to win. They are playing to win because they don't want to run. Exactly. Right. And I got outside, and we win this game, and the girls are like, holy. Yeah. And we played again, and we won again, and we played again, and we won again. And then we played, and we lost. I said, on the line. They said, but coach, we've been winning. I said, you you win, or we run until someone pukes. And we, <laughs> we ran after the game until one of the girls threw up. And this is after the game. This is after this the game. This isn't like it practice yep. the next day. It was just a little bit. I promise there was no, no children's lives were in danger. <laughs> yeah. People, and yeah. what happened is we won every game the rest of that season. Until we got to the state champ, until we got to the state round when we lost, and I did not make them run then. 
But they won their first region title, and they had a nearly undefeated season. Lost two games the whole season. They had never before won more than two games yeah, in the season. Yeah, right. But the shift happened because I gave them something else to focus on until they could establish belief. Yeah. Something else to focus on until they knew it yeah, could be done. That it was possible. And there is yeah. so much power in what we focus on. What we can accomplish when we shift that focus will shift our entire dynamic of our belief system. Yeah. If you if Love we've it. got time, I'll share a little story here about this. But no, um, please, no. This is fast. Keep going. This, this takes is, us back to I when it. I was an athlete myself. So okay. I was in. I was playing basketball, okay. and I'm in the seventh grade. Back to my socially awkward time, and oh. I had just gotten braces on. And that's the first day I've had these braces on, right? And we all know if you're wearing braces, you end up like, I mean, you these kids walk around, their lips are coming over their teeth, yeah. like they don't oh, know yeah. what's going they're on. Yeah, oh, they're, like they're poking out, they're doing this whole thing, and <laughs> and they look, you know, we all look stupid. If you've had braces ever, yeah, you look everyone like, can relate. yeah, you can them. relate. Yeah. You you're, you feel like your brain is like, wait, I can't close my lips anymore because I got to go out and around those <laughs> things that are inhibiting my closure. So this is what I'm playing. Like I, I have a basketball game the day I got my braces on. And I go out there and I'm super short, as we have mentioned, like very vertically challenged. And I go out there and in seventh grade basketball, I played this so I can say it with confidence, you sure. know, like a great game ends like 14 to 10. Like there's no scoring in seventh grade basketball, right? <laughs> right. And the ball goes up and the tall girls haven't quite figured out how to be coordinated above their head. Yeah. So there's a lot of rebounds that come straight to the ground, which was fine by me because that's my domain down yeah, there. Yeah, you're you know? down there. That's where I'm at. <laughs> so ball goes up for a shot, rebound comes down, through the pile. I do diving in there. I grab a hold of this ball and I go to come out and I clearly have my lips open because my <laughs> brackets get stuck to the butt of the girl I'm playing against. <laughs> and I'm stuck, like real stuck. Oh. If you've ever gotten brackets stuck to mesh. <laughs> and so I've got the ball and I am pulling. I'm like, ur, 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 pulling against her rear like end. The Chinese and she, handcuffs. Yeah. And everybody sees I have the ball. So they spread out. And here's me with my face stuck to her butt and I'm yanking against these things. And it's getting worse by the second because when you pull on your brackets to the mesh, I'm literally just digging in deeper, right? <laughs> she is trying to get away from me. She's scooting across the court. She is whacking my head with her hand. Finally, I just rip and you can hear this rip. <laughs> and I'm standing there. I've got the ball. Right, yeah. I look like a piranha. I've got thread <laughs> hanging out of my mouth and I look around. My teammates are lying on oh, the ground. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The ref has gone and sat down on the bleachers. He can't even stand up anymore. And I have the ball, and I'm standing there. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, what do I like, I'm already socially awkward, right? Like, this is a problem. And there is a, a little over a minute left in the half, and they literally called it because no one could keep playing. They just called it halftime. We go in the locker room, and, of course, everybody's dying. My coach is like, well, as long as we don't bite any more butts, I think we'll be fine <laughs> yeah, in the second we'll half, right? Like, yeah. this is that speech at halftime. But I am focused. But I've got this thread. I have a thread problem. I can't get it out. <laughs> so I decided to take the thread. My brilliant little seventh-grade mind is that yeah. I'm just going to wrap it around the bracket like that's going to hold, right? Yeah, right. So I start wrapping all this thread around my brackets. And then we come out. We start the second half. Well, when you're running in sports, right, you run with your mouth open. So mm -hmm. I'm breathing. I would go, I would breathe, and the thread would go, and the girl <laughs> defending me would do just what you're doing now, which was she would just die. Oh, my gosh. And I'm thinking to myself, I am a, I'm done. Like, yeah. I am, I'm vertically challenged, horizontally blessed, and now I'm a butt biter. Oh, like, what, this my, right, like, I'm dying. But I start to realize, this is funny to everybody else, but it's not funny to it me. It wasn't funny to you. And right. I can't see it. Yeah idea every time i blow that thread blows she falls over i can go straight in for a layup she can't even defend me yeah so i start blowing she starts falling and i start going to the hole and i literally set a school record for the most points scored by a seventh grader in a single basketball no game because way. i got layup after layup after layup 34 points wow now no one scores 34 points in no. the seventh grade right yeah. 17 times down the court 17 layups later 34 points no so the next day I show up at school yeah, and everybody's like, so cool how you bit that girl's butt so that you could score 34 <laughs> points, right? <laughs> now it's intentional. Yeah, But what it oh, taught me man. was focus. Yeah, I changed my focus for a minute. I couldn't change yeah. my circumstances. Yeah. I couldn't change. The threads in your teeth. <laughs> I can't change the thread. I can't yeah. change that the most embarrassing moment known to mankind just <laughs> happened to me in the seventh grade. I can't change anything. But what I can change mm. is my focus. Yeah. And by changing my focus, I changed my outcome. And 
that is what I realized so much in life as people will change their focus. They can change their belief. They can shift their outcomes. They can become anything that they want to become wow. with a little shift. <laughs> I love that story. My sides are hurting. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. That is unbelievable. Seriously. I could just picture the, the everyone the oh, rip and the, it was bad. Thanks for sharing that. You know, I, I do believe exactly with what you're saying. I, I, I often will tell my clients what you focus on increases. You know, I always say, what does that mean? You know, it's like, have you ever bought a new car before and then you notice that car everywhere? It's because you're focused on it. If you focus on all the bad, you're going to notice it everywhere, right? If you focus on the good, you're going to start noticing good everywhere. And it's no different when you see that in yourself. Mm-hmm. But man, that that is unbelievable story there. Wow. So I, wa- I want to point out, you ended up winning 11 region titles with your team mm-hmm. and four state titles. Yes. The team that only had won two games before. Yeah. That and- is in impressive i mean to say the least yeah they they are awesome it is and i love 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 coaching these young women and and i bet they love you because again you're probably the spark plug (laughs) right we definitely know how to show up and go to work oh i can only imagine yes seriously i would yeah i'm sure the kids just absolutely love you we we have such a good time together and what we and what we see then though is that they have the same issues that I had growing up which right. is what makes it helpful right like yeah, cuz you get everyone them. Yeah. yeah well everyone has those moments in life where they got too much acne or too many braces everyone right. has a moment where there's something about themselves they don't love right <laughs> oh, everybody man. has a moment where yeah. some circumstances or some things going on in life are distracting and hard yeah everyone's got that going on but when you can collectively come together and teach people that yeah. they can be who they want to be, that they can shift their focus for a minute, what I believe is that I have an opportunity to teach them not only to how to win on the field, but how to take that into their life and really choose to be who they want to be in life and yeah. succeed and accomplish things and not be afraid of, of the hard parts. We right. all get to choose our hard, and it's okay to choose wow. the hard that takes you to the good place. And I love that. Choose your hard. Yeah, I've told a client before, it's hard to be a drug addict and it's hard to be clean. Mm -hmm. Choose your hard. Which one do you want? Agreed. Yeah, so, so beautiful, man. Well, (laughs) there's so much I want to talk to you about, but um, I want to talk about level up EQ and emotional intelligence. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times when people hear emotional intelligence, what is that? So talk about that and your position there and how that came about and what you do there. Yeah, well, I just, we recognize, you know, everybody knows that we should exercise and eat right to take care of our physical body. Right. And lots of people do some mental work, too. They might do visualization, or mm-hmm. and maybe they even listen to podcasts on mental health, yeah, right? Right, sure. What do we do to exercise and provide ourselves tools to deal with our emotions? Mm-hmm. And emotional response is a huge deal. Like, yeah. you're driving down the road. Somebody cuts you off and you lose your marbles and you're thinking, who is that? Or I'm like, the Hulk, I just transformed and I don't even know why I did that. Or this happens all the time with mothers, but you're, you're having a great day and you're in the kitchen. But while you're cooking dinner, the doorbell rings, there's a phone call, your, your pot starts boiling over. And then that is the moment when your child decides to go, mom, 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 mom. Mom, mom, mom. And after the 17th, mom, you just lose it. Like yeah. your lid flips and yeah, you are like lost. Right. And then you spend the night feeling guilty because yeah. you lost your marbles on your six-year-old who yeah. all they wanted to do was show you this really cool drawing. Yeah. And you yeah. feel terrible. Right. What was that emotional response? Yeah. How do we get better at that? Yeah. That is what emotional intelligence uh, okay. is. It is really learning what triggers emotional response. How do we tie our identity into that? How do we mm-hmm. tie our reactions into that? How do we stop living life like, like, like life is happening to us and instead we're going to happen to life? Yeah. How do we start Ooh. owning who we are wow. and showing up in every facet of our life in this capacity? How do we do that as a business owner? How do we do that as a high achiever? How do we do that as an athlete? How do we do that as a mother? How do we do that as a person? And that is what emotional intelligence is. We teach people how to handle life in the emotional space, how to get better at it, yeah. how to learn what's actually happening. Because so many people live their life having these emotional responses that they feel almost out of control. Right. Uh, I, I personally dealt with severe anxiety. Mm-hmm. I had to the tune where I was actually hospitalized at one point really? for anxiety. Really? And it was in that moment where I realized I got two choices. I can own this as some kind of label mm-hmm. and say, I have anxiety 
or I can figure out what's happening to me and I can get better at it. And that's exactly what I did. I learned exactly what is happening in my emotional responses that triggers the feeling and emotion of anxiety. I learned how to find the chain of events that was leading up to it. I learned how to handle myself in that situation. And I haven't had an anxiety attack or even felt anxiety for years now. Wow, and that's amazing. what I learned was that we are capable, just like we're capable of becoming stronger physically, we are capable of building emotional resilience, of building emotional capacity. Yeah. And in that capacity, it requires intelligence. We need to know what's happening. Yeah. Our bodies are working for us, not against us. Yeah. Our emotional response is working for us, not against us. It feels like it's against us because we don't know what it is. Yeah. But the second we can understand it, we can start to improve upon it. We can start to recognize, wow, that's actually really cool. I'm programmed to work in this way, and that's really cool. But yeah. it's not serving me well in certain moments in life, so I'm going to figure out how to use what's working for me for me. Wow. And that's really what we teach in emotional okay. intelligence. And we, we really cool. work with people in four quadrants of wellness. So we teach them how to use this emotional intelligence in their physical health, oh, okay. in their businesses and careers and professional lives in their intellectual or spiritual lives, and also just in their lifestyle with their okay. relationships with the people they interact with and increase yeah. and improve personal inter interrelations. Wow. And that's what we do, and I love it. Wow, well, that is amazing. Sounds like a, a fantastic job. Oh, it is. It, yeah. I, am, I am definitely living the life of my dreams. Every day I get to talk with people, hear their stories, give space for them, and every day they change my life. Right. And so I feel like I have the job where my life gets changed every day from yeah. the people that I meet. So yeah. I feel like, I, sign me up, right? Sign I love it. I that just genuinely so cool. love it. No, that's beautiful. You know, uh, obviously we mentioned you have children and we're talking about belief systems as well and the things that you do, emotional intelligence. Is, is there certain things you do with your kids on a daily basis that kind of helps them? Um, you know, look, grow and learning these capacities? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, we, we're we really conscious in our house about claiming identity, the I am statements that come out. Mm -hmm. When you really think about it, you wake up in the morning and you say, I am tired. Yeah. You might feel tired, but you just claimed tired as you your identity. Claimed it. And because you claimed it, what do you see? Shoulders slumped, fuzzy head. Oh my gosh, <laughs> the whole day. So then yeah. how do you act and behave? Yeah. Which means, which means how do you feel? Yeah. Which means how do you see yourself that day? Super successful, right? Like, oh, man, <laughs> like you're just like, oh, geez. And we end up creating this day for ourselves that is not great. And it will wind into the next day and it will reinforce our beliefs that if I wake up tired, that's what it's going to be. Next yeah. thing you know, people are telling you when you wake up tired, you know, you look a little tired today. <laughs> yeah, and you're right. like, geez, you didn't have to tell me. Yeah, I already right. know, right? <laughs> so we're really conscious in our house about telling mm -hmm. our kids who they are. Yeah, I love that. As parents, I think sometimes we get frustrated and then we say, you are so painful or you are disobedient yeah. or you are not listening so to me or you are so frustrating yeah. or, right? And we just gave them a, an identity. We just gave them a title. The yeah. last thing in the world I want to tell my child is that they are incapable or that they are frustrating or they are disobedient. I would much yeah. rather say, you're an amazing kid, but right now you've made a choice to do something that's not okay. Yeah. And we need to talk about that it's... and reinforce who they are. Mm -hmm. I think as a society as a whole, we are doing our kids a disservice because we label them all the time. Right. Think about the number of conversations we have about this generation. They're lazy. <laughs> they're entitled. Yeah. They don't know how to work. Well, is it any wonder then that when you're working with kids from this generation that they're lazy, entitled, and don't yeah, know how to work? They buy into that belief system. They buy into yeah. the belief system because yeah. we are literally creating it. Yeah. And we just know that in our home and with our kids, we get to create that belief system. Yep. We get to, and so we talk about it. What do you want? Who do you yeah. want to be? Who are yeah. you? And then we try to latch on to a word that's powerful and meaningful to them. Is one of the things that's remarkably frustrating for parents is trying to get a kid to do something they don't want to do. Yeah. And one thing <laughs> I have learned through human behavior is the root of all motivation is identity. Mm. You will do whatever is in line with your identity uh, because that. that's what you believe and feel. If you wake up in the morning and you feel energized and excited about life and you're ready to go, what do you accomplish that day? 
you go to the grocery store, you get your work done, you work out, you, you do 12 things more than you've ever done on any other day, and you're super productive. Is that yeah. because all of a sudden somebody motivated you? Yeah. Or because you had a belief and a feeling yeah. that you were capable? Yeah. With yeah. our kids, when we can help them establish their own belief system, that's when it really works. Yeah. My son Stratton, as a freshman, uh, he was wrestling. He wrestled for the first time, and okay. he had a coach that said yeah. to him, you are a natural wrestler. Well, he came home from school. He'd never wrestled before. He said, I think I want to wrestle. I said, why? He goes, because I'm a natural wrestler. Wow. Look at what that one Look at statement. That one. Yeah. Wow. So he takes off and he starts wrestling and he tells me, I said, what's your goal? Who do you want to be as a wrestler? And he said, I want to be, I want to be a varsity athlete as a freshman. I said, sweet, go for it. Well, I didn't have to wake him up for morning practices because he was a varsity wrestler as a freshman. So what does that person act like? Yep, they act like a varsity wrestler. They act like a varsity wrestler, which means you show up to practice, you show up on time, you work your butt off, you do your thing. Well, now he, he did make varsity that. as a freshman, had a beautiful season. Now let's fast forward to his sophomore year. We didn't do that exercise, and he didn't have an identity established, and his identity was tied to the past. As yeah. a freshman. Yeah. So he shows up his freshman year or his sophomore year. Oh, my gosh. I can't get. I mean, I'm like dragging the kid to practice. I got to wake him up every morning. I'm, he's driving me crazy. I'm like, what is happening right now? Like, <laughs> right. And I'm trying. And, and you could throw out 1,200 motivational speeches, but that wasn't going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Because his identity was tied to the past. Learning from that mistake, we came into the junior year. Stratton, who do you want to be as a wrestler? He said, I want to be a winner. I, I don't like losing. I said, okay, then be a winner. Be a winner. Yeah. And that's all it took. Yeah, just this little shift like you keep that talking kid, about. That kid, it's unbelievable. He shows up to every practice. He comes home after practice and goes to the gym. He takes on personal sessions. He will he will go work on holidays and weekends. And so proud of him. I mean, he has only lost two matches all season, and, they, and they've been in championship matches in, at tournaments. He's undefeated in his region and undefeated wow, in his amazing. duels. and. This is the kid who I couldn't even drag out of bed the previous season. But as parents, I think we so we want so badly for our kids. We want it for them so much. Yeah. And we want it for them because we know it will help them. It'll, they'll feel better about themselves. They'll love themselves more. And so we push. But what we really need to do is help them push themselves. Yeah. Nothing will drive. We cannot force motivation. But identity is the root of motivation. And if we can help them figure out who they really are, and, and to the tune where they feel something. Yeah. They will act in accordance with that. Yeah. And not because you're pushing them, right. but because you're reinforcing to them who they are and wow. that's who they want to be. Wow, that is amazing. You you said you said it like this, correct me if I'm wrong. All motivation is rooted in identity. Absolutely. That man, that hit me hard. That is amazing. Wow. Yeah. You're the spark plug at home too, aren't you? <laughs> we, well, when you've got three boys at home like I you do. So I've, my yeah. daughter just moved out, yeah. right? She's in college. So it's me and my boys. And yeah. uh, my husband is amazing. And uh, yeah. just, but I love my boys. I yeah. love being a present mother of boys. I can tell. I can tell. This is wonderful. I've got, a, I've got a question to ask you. If there's someone listening to your voice right now, Natalie, who's struggling, they're they're in a dark place bad belief system that's keeping them holding them back but they they're listening to you right now you've already given some amazing advice but what would you tell that one person right now who's listening to you i would tell them to do three steps step one give voice to your concerns we beat the snot out of ourselves thinking i shouldn't think that way i mm -hmm. shouldn't feel that way but you do think that way and you do feel that way and as long as you continue to stop giving voice to it you will always struggle with that yeah. write it down get a piece of paper and put it down on the paper yeah right put a big big column and put concerns and just list them yeah. And I don't care how pathetically small they might be to anyone else around you if they're rolling around in your brain There's write it down yeah something going on then after you've given voice to all of it, put a column right next to it at the top that says control. And I want you to look at everything on your list of concerns. And I want you to write in that column anything that is in your concern list that you actually have control over. Put it down. Then make the third column. And that is going to be actionable control. 
And that is you're going to take anything that's in that control column that you can physically take action on right now, write it down in that actionable control column. Yeah. And then the fourth column is going to be a, is going to be action in alignment of vision. Mm. And what you're going to do is look at that actionable column and you are going to find that one or two things yeah. that you can control, that you can act on, on purpose every day that's in alignment with who you really want to be. Yeah. Do that. It will change everything. It mm. will change everything to stop being in this place of concern all the time and to do something about yeah. becoming the person you know you're capable of becoming. Yeah. That is my biggest piece of advice for people in dark places because wow, we can't that. get out of dark places yeah. unless we give voice to it. Those yeah. concerns are real. They're yeah. valid. They're, sure. But write them down. Yeah. Get them out. Rip up that side of the column if you need to after you've moved across to yeah, the right-hand right. <laughs> side. But yeah. give voice to it and then focus on the actionable things that are in alignment to your vision and it will shift things for you. Wow, that's beautiful. Thank you. You know, I was thinking about when you were sitting the bench your freshman year and you were upset about it and this and that, but then the thing you could control, I mean, I know you weren't doing this exact exercise in that moment, but you started, you started thinking about being grateful and the, this gratitude and all of a sudden, hey, you're in, you oh, know, yeah. and how you, you ended up playing and you realized something there, but that's what was in your control. You, you could change your attitude instead of being the victim. You started going, no, I'm grateful. And anyway, that, that's where my head was going as you were saying that. But that's beautiful advice, and I love that exercise. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to actually have my clients do that. Yeah, it's a, such I a good exercise. Amazing. And I have people all the time that tell me, yeah, but Natty, I have this vision, but I don't know how to act in alignment to it because I don't know how to reach it. I, it's such a big vision, or it's so far away, or I feel so small or incapable yeah. or inadequate. And to those people, I say, the how you get there it's not your business. Yeah. I had, when I was an intern and first getting into this space, I had a chance to intern for a woman who went on stage and she taught and I was, I was her gopher girl. I was go for <laughs> coffee, go for green bananas, go for air control, <laughs> right? Going. Like I was yeah. gopher, go yeah. book the hotel, go get the car. And I watched this woman on stage. She was an author. She was a speaker. And, and I knew that's what I wanted to do with my life. But I was the gopher girl. And how in the world do you end up on stage with a book written anyways? Like, I didn't know how, so I just kind of set that vision aside. Well, we get stuck in a green room one time when the power went out. We were waiting for generators to power things up in right. a storm. She looks right at me. She goes, what do you want? Why are you here? And I thought, oh, my gosh, I've worked for this woman for three months. She doesn't even know who I am. Yeah, right. This is not good, right? Yeah, right? She goes, no, no, no. I know that. I know what you're doing. What I want to know is why are you here? What do you really want? And she just got up in my grill and finally I kind of like lost my cool for a second. I was like, I want to be you. I want to speak on stage. I want to write books. I want to inspire other people. And she goes, well, then why aren't you doing that? I said, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> and she looked right at me and she said, young lady, the how is none of your damn business. Become the woman worthy of the stage and the stage will show up. Wow. And it just took me and I thought, oh my gosh. Yeah. I was so busy putting everything out of my control that I wasn't doing anything that could be in my control. Yeah. So I started outlining what does it look like to be worthy of that stage. And I knew what kind of person I needed to become. I knew what kind of things I wanted to teach. And I knew I needed life experience in those spaces yeah, to do right. that. Yeah. And I started living my life on purpose, on mm. purpose to become a person worthy of that stage. Wow. And the, the shocking part is that I was still... I was still functioning in a capacity of a gopher girl and it was only it was only four months later so she had me start writing my book she had me start practicing speaking in the mirror to become this person worthy of yeah, the stage right. yeah, yeah. sharing stories and four months later um, she was supposed to take the stage and her flight got canceled and there was nobody there to give the keynote presentation and the guy looks and he said well, what are we gonna do and I said I'm gonna speak and he said do you speak I said Yes, I am a speaker. That's right. I love it. <laughs> and I took the stage and I spoke and a gentleman came up to me afterwards and he said, have you ever written down your stories? Because if not, he goes, I own a publishing company. I'd love to, uh, I'd love to publish your book. Could I have even planned that? No. You yeah. can't plan these things. Yeah. The how is not your business. Yeah. Get out of your own way. Wow. Become worthy of it and let it show up for you. Focus on what you can control. Focus on the actionable things 
that have alignment with your vision. Yeah. Do that. And when you do that on purpose every day, you start to live life. Life stops happening to you and you start happening to life and things get really fun. You have an opportunity to be the spark plug of your own life in those yeah. situations. Dang. Bringing the heat here, Natty. <laughs> Holy cow. Wow. I love that. What an amazing thing. That is so true, though. I hope everyone listening to this is listening to this. Are you listening? <laughs> this is powerful stuff, folks. And I'm telling you right now, you're probably going to have to re-listen to this because she shared so much. I mean, look at the... I, I don't usually take notes. I got more <laughs> notes on this thing. I'm going, oh my gosh. Everything she's saying, I'm writing down. It's fantastic. Man, it's amazing. Well, my only hope is that somebody listening can take at least one of these principles yeah. and, and feel yeah. something yeah. and do something. Yeah. Feeling it takes us only halfway. But again, latch into that identity, latch into that belief and that feeling to drive action. Yeah. Yeah. And that action will frame that identity and solidify it and it'll just start to change everything it's amazing you know amy told me i would love you <laughs> and i do oh, i mean literally you. i was like you know yeah i never know what to expect when i get a referral i mean sure. i knew you were going to be good i mean i'm i'm blown away oh thank I'm, you i'm impressed thank I'm, you i gotta be honest with you i'm full i'm really impressed with you um stuff i needed to hear today stuff i'm going to incorporate and share with my clients you know, again, when I hear someone that's passionate about belief systems, I really, I mean, I perk up because right. that's where I'm at too. And wow, you're a speaker, trainer, coach, motivational speaker, the spark plug in, in most everyone's life, including your families. And I can only imagine what your, um, your former, um, wouldn't, they wouldn't be teammates. If you're the coach, they are the players. Yeah, Sorry. my players. It took me a minute to get in the... But I'm sure that what they think of you is just unbelievable. The things you've taught them, not just about the sport, but about life lessons and stuff. So I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Uh, it has been my I, pleasure. I mean, truly, thank you so much for taking time to do this. Yes. Uh, we, we, we had this scheduled a little while ago and things get in the way, holidays and other stuff. But thank you for you know, taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. And, and I hope everybody on here has the opportunity to find who you are. Believe in it, act yeah. upon it, and allow yourself the opportunity to become it. Yeah, I love it. If someone does want to reach out to you and mm -hmm. learn more about what you do and use your services or whatever, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, they can find me on Instagram or uh, through Facebook Messenger. They can DM me. Okay. Or they can go to nattyo.com. That's my website. So N-A-T-T-Y-O.com is, is a website. Okay. Or that same Natio is uh, Natio Lewis is my handle on both Facebook on both. and Instagram. Gotcha. And cool. they can find me there and instant and DM me and okay. I'd be happy to to talk to them and oh, yeah. about what we do. Yeah. Well, I hope that they do. I'll put those links in the show notes and that Perfect. way they'll be able to get right to it. So awesome. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You brighten my day. I'm telling <laughs> you that. I feel the energy. I feel the passion, man. I'm like ready to go. Let's go. So thank you, and, and thanks for everyone tuning in. I told you this was going to be good, man. And uh, you're probably thinking what I'm thinking, like, wow, that that's on another level. So uh, please share this with everyone you know. If you have kids, let them listen to Natty. Let them listen to what she's saying because they need to hear this message. I mean, we do as adults too, but if you're a mom or a dad and you got kids, you're not sure how to connect with them and share this episode with them, and then, and then you guys can talk about it. Take notes. Do whatever it takes. Listen to what she said to do and start implementing these things. Reach out to Natty if you have a question. You can reach out to me as you uh, you know you guys know that. But uh, thank you for tuning in. Again, thanks to my sponsors. I love you guys for believing in me. And again, Natty, one last time, thank you for being here. Thank you.